Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, over Skype, once again, by my lovely, wonderful, not sick, it's not his fault this time, co-host Alexander Volt. Say hello. What was it? My fault. <laughs> it was always your fault, God damn it. No. <laughs> uh, this is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. It's a new discography per episode, and today is a little short one, because we're covering... Jeff Buckley, the one and only. It was only a matter of time. I think uh, this is like a very—it's a very obvious one for us to cover at some point. Uh, and before we get into any of that, if you want to support us, you know, subscribe on YouTube.com/slash Every Album Ever, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Leave a five-star rating review. If everybody stopped and left a five-star rating right now, it would help us very much. It would make me get over COVID faster. I don't have COVID, by the way. I'm just saying that. But please do that. Uh, you know, follow me on Instagram at Pope Justin Ventura and Alex at <clears throat> Mother Puncture. Uh, that's where I post all my music stuff, all the podcast stuff, all my Twitch stuff, all the good stuff and all that. Uh, check the link. Actually, no, there shouldn't be a play. Should there be a playlist for the, for Jeff Buckley or just the albums? Like, honestly, it'll, it'll be the one main album and then some nugs. Okay. So check the description uh wherever you're listening or watching for a link to the spotify with that on it you can also go to everyalbumever.com for playlists playlists associated with every single episode as well as links to merch uh you can support us on patreon if you feel inclined to do so patreon.com slash every album ever there we got bonus episodes early access to certain episodes and 20 percent off all merch as well as other perks like if you want to suggest an artist uh, you could jump the line tier two lets people jump the line so you can you know we cover it sooner whatever okay oh fuck hold on this is my camera's weird i'm not used to doing this uh, it's been a yeah, while since we've done a i got some business to take care of because i don't know what i'm gonna fucking drink these <laughs> is that another fago can <laughs> you suck of shit oh man i i i will not i love the guy who sent me those fagos but i am not a fan of also the drink itself he lied to me the red pop is by far that shit's nasty that's worse i, I would i drink the grape any day over this holy really shit, that one is gross so we, straight what is it called straight up medicine this is this called red pop. I thought it might taste like Coke. <laughs> what is it supposed to taste like? What are, what are they going for? I have no idea. It's fucking red. They're just going for red. Oh, uh, red medicine, cough medicine. So Good. I got one more of those left next week. And Dude, then I'm done. <laughs> you're a fucking soldier. I don't know why you're even drinking it. You could, it's just not, but you're a good man. It's the, uh, it's the same reason I do this podcast. I just need to compare and contrast them. Like I'm not just going to drink one flavor. Fair enough. Bring them. Fair enough. <laughs> so if you're wondering why, man, you can see my crotch in this shot. Don't worry. I'll edit it. It'll be better. I swear to God. I hope, uh, wondering Dude. why we're back on, on this thing. It's because. I don't have COVID, but everyone in my house does. Okay. I mean, if everybody on Patreon already knows I released an episode talking about it, but oh my God, it's just like with, within one day, it's like three people all have it and we're telling you all at once. And I was like, I was around people all weekend. Like why? And like, it wasn't like they all found out that day and then told me it was like, they had all been sick the whole weekend and then decided to tell me that day. That's why I was like, you guys suck. You guys suck. And yeah. Per- <clears throat> yeah. Like you said, and like a uh, friend of the podcast, Daniel says your family fucking sucks. They suck. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so like that day I went out and got a rapid test and 
which are less accurate, but it's like, I also wasn't, I didn't have any symptoms. So I was like, if I don't have any symptoms and it says negative, I think I'm good. And it's been like, you know, four days since then. And I still don't have anything. I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm, I'm in the clear, but it, my house is not in the clear. So like I'm, I'm turning off lights with my elbow and I'm opening doors with my shirt. And it's like, just an annoying paranoia. Like I don't, I'm not even scared of getting sick. I'm not afraid of getting sick. I'm afraid of all the things that already happened, which is me not being able to podcast and stream. Like all the, all the, for me personally, in my existence, the negatives of COVID are being quarantined, which is what's happened. <laughs> it's not the getting sick part. Uh, so bummer. And also, I don't have the added benefit of getting the immunities. <laughs> like, if, at least if I got sick, I would be immune to it. So I, I get to be quarantined and then I'm also not immune after it's over. So lovely, lovely. <clears throat> just need those vaccines, baby. And that's why we're discussing just the, just the happiest and most uplifting artist we could possibly be dis discussing chef buckley again um you know <clears throat> i thought he was uh gonna be like a 90s nick drake but i don't think his 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 story like his life story sucks but oh it doesn't it suck doesn't... like nick drake oh yeah no nick one Drake's sucks like nick like... drake <laughs> yeah that's a whole new level yeah uh if people want to listen to us talk about that, but do that. It's a good episode. Yeah. Nick Drake is awesome. So, <clears throat> but yeah, like musically it was, uh, you know, made sense. Yeah. He feels like the like successor to, uh, or like logical progression to Nick Drake. Mm -hmm. Also like very like interesting. I wouldn't listen to music like this and, figure oh this is someone from orange county like this is he's from orange county too. yeah i did not yeah. know that i did not know he was from orange. wow that's weirdly hands down, most, huh hands down like the most interesting thing to come out of out of orange county for sure for sure it's yeah. it's local for us but like if you're not from la or california it's like who gives a shit it's, it's orange county they made it they had a show about it in the early 2000s with Peter Gallagher, yeah, you, and that's about it. Usually, it's like skater <clears throat> pop punk stuff, or like. Well, actually, no, it no, or no. like the, the like o hot topic metal bands. I would say I'm already gonna kick my own ass. The OC hardcore punk scene was fucking awesome. I, I forgot about yeah. that. The Adolescents, <laughs> uh, Rick Agnew, fucking. Uh, of course, I'm only gonna remember the two at the top of my head, but there's more. God damn it! It's a good. It was a good scene. Um, but yeah, that and then Jeff Jeff Buckley. Like, I had no idea. Like, so wait. Where's Tim Buckley from? Uh, I did not look up his dad. His dad is a country singer, uh, Tim Buckley. Yeah. And he, he was not in his life. He only met him really? once. Wait, so really? He, yeah. Oh, my God. This is getting super sad already. Because I know he was raised under a different name. Yeah, because um, he was raised by his mom, who's classically trained pianist, and his stepfather, who like introduced him to rock and roll and all that. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, he would go by I think his stepfather's last name, and then when his his birth father OD'd, he started going by by Jeff Buckley. Oh, it's interesting. Wait, was there? I feel like there's someone else that we covered that had a similar thing where as soon as, uh someone died they started going by a different name fuck mm -hmm. we've done so much i know but <sighs> whatever but that's, 
it's also like an interesting thing like hey uh you weren't in my life you didn't raise me uh let me let me take on your name now yeah yeah that's that's the thing that's what i thought of when i whoever it is that i can't think of i thought the same thing like oh it was um we didn't talk about it it was absolutely completely unrelated to the podcast it was lon cheney jr (laughs) whoa i don't know why yeah that's a stretch no yeah some uh Dude, Lon Chaney Jr.'s real name, his first name, I think, was, uh, oh, no, it was something horrible. I'm going to look it up right now. It's something awful. Hold on. I have to. Uh, sorry. I got it right uh, here. Uh, his name was, oh, my God. Lon Chaney's birth name, you know what it really was? Or Lon Chaney Jr.? It was Cretan Toll Chaney. That's way cooler, I think. I think it's a horrible, that's a hideous name. It's the ugliest. It's like you wanted your son to look like your version of Quasimodo. That's what Lon Chaney thought when he was naming his kid. Yeah, it's appropriate for a guy who plays monsters, I think. But yeah, that's one where he changed his name as an adult uh, to Lon Chaney Jr. because of show business uh, ties. Well, well, yeah, that's what, that's why I thought like finding out he had a, different he went by a different name i thought he would you know change it for like you know business purposes mm. which makes sense way more but, sense. Uh, no, <clears throat> yeah he he did it even before that so really interesting huh it is yeah and was it like i'm assuming after he met him i mean that, that seems like a no-brainer did he like uh, did he like him at least <laughs> Well, he only met him the one time when he was, I believe, eight years old. Oh, I could be, I could be wrong about that. Yeah. And then, um, in I think in seventy seventy four, like he, his dad OD'd, and he's like, "I'm just gonna start going by, by Jeff Buckley now." Interesting. That is interesting. I had because I don't know much or anything about the history of either of them. <clears throat> I actually really wanted to I'm, cover Tim Buckley first because I'm obsessed with organization and orders and chronology but come on man we'll we'll get to tim buckley later we don't listen to country very much it's easier to to ease in with this um yeah i I just because like the bits i've heard of tim buckley it's like his voice is another super iconic amazing uh super on the high end really um Mm -hmm. i don't know it's not like country it's not like a country voice for sure. sure. It's something way, yeah, it's something way beyond. So when I hear, when I heard him and then I hear Jeff, I'm like, yeah, that's like a C where it comes from, but it fucking does not come from there. Maybe genetically or something like a stretch like that. But like in terms of influence, he didn't, he wasn't like given, uh, any kind of pointers by Tim. It doesn't no, sound like, <clears throat> no, it sounds like, you know, it's all his, uh, you know, his mother mm-hmm. and his stepfather kind yeah. of guiding him. And I think he just was kind of ahead of his time as far as like what he would listen to mm-hmm. uh, Jeff. Cause it's like, he'd listen to like rush and yes. And bad brains and Zeppelin. <laughs> and uh, mm. I'm probably going to say this wrong, but I think uh, a notable thing he found was this uh, genre of music called Kowali. Spell uh, it. Q A W W A L I. Whoops. That sounds made up. Okay, but go on. Yeah, it's a uh, Sufi uh, devotional music of India and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, you can kind of hear him trying for some, you know, some sounds that you wouldn't hear in yeah. 
and like a normal traditional like 90s alternative artists at the time vocally he he does some stuff it's not so prominent on the the main album but it's it's on like the latest the posthumous stuff <clears throat> a little bit mm-hmm. where you hear him doing some kind of like some wiggly vocal stuff that's very eastern sounding i don't know how to describe it but i think it's very cool uh you, you hear that a lot now especially in alt, any kind of alt music now it's becoming a lot more prominent even i fucking do it in my music and, and but mm-hmm. in the 90s it was like i never heard anybody i can't think of a single example of people who did it like that yeah no. um to be yeah, fair he so. didn't really do it on his album before he died anyway mm-hmm. and then um yeah he didn't want to like ride on his dad's name necessarily but um they held a tribute concert for his dad where um Jeff played it. He and he said he played it not because like for attention, but like he didn't go to his dad's funeral either. Mm-hmm. So he he felt like it was a way for him to like make peace with him by doing that show, right? And that kind of you know help help steamroll the you know attention he would get ended up moving to new york where he would um cut his teeth playing at cafes and clubs particularly one called sin e mm-hmm. um which led to him being signed to capital the first release is an ep called live at sin e but all the, it's like yeah all that's or most of it ended up making it onto grace so right. Um, yeah, that's kind of his journey is that, you know, from Orange County to New York City and yeah. this all the rad, this having a, an open ear to listen to anything and not worrying about, oh, I'm trying to be punk because yeah. he looks like a punk rock guy. On the yeah. Cover of yeah. Grace. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, he just will listen to everything. <laughs> so that's pretty rad. It's very rad. Um, also. I don't like it's just like I would, I would say Jeff Buckley is like Jeff Buckley is like one of the simultaneously simultaneous I can't even talk I'm done talking I'm done uh, <laughs> he's simultaneously like the most accessible thing but the album I don't think is that accessible it's like him himself is extremely accessible but like as an album you gotta fucking like don't go in expecting one thing you're not gonna it's not gonna it's it's what it is it's a very he man, it makes me so fucking sad, especially listening to the the posthumous stuff. Oh yeah, like man, this he was really really original, and I hate being one of those guys that praises dead people because they they had so much more to give. I don't fucking know, but it sounded like he did. It sounded like there was like a lot more. Like it was oh, getting for, weird. It was getting crazier. It was getting better. For sure, at least you know, like Nick Drake left us like three albums. He Solid, like. Yeah full albums that mm-hmm. he worked on where this is just like man i mean any artist that dies too young you're like what could have been but yeah i feel yeah. like you know with like a, a nick drake or, or nirvana i'm like that's uh you know healthy like a healthy amount of music to yeah leave behind this is one album and then remnants of what you knew what was coming and then it's like oh man it's like there like a cute mm-hmm. like all you needed is just a better recording and a full band. And it would have been Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. But we're going to cover it anyway. Uh, 
even though we're sad now. Well, I'm sad now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like we said, is Jeff Buckley released one album, officially one album that came out in 1994, but we're also covering the posthumous, like, demos and unreleased material for his second album, which did not come to fruition. Uh, that came out in 1998. So, if you are ready, uh, I am not, because I forgot how to do this. <laughs> Shit. There it is. iTunes. There we go. No, I got okay. it. Uh, yeah, we're, let's jump into it. Let's, uh, fuck. Sorry. This is 1994's Grace. Uh, slow build on this one. Slow build. Already. I just like I first listened to this album a few years ago so I feel like a chump same but I was like that guitar playing I was I was just like hooked I wasn't expecting him to be good or not that this is like I wasn't expecting him to be a good guitar player honestly with a voice like that you think yeah he's a singer but he's good he's good at both <laughs> and he's like the best I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop it's it's a beautiful song. It is. Still feel your hair, black ribbons of cold. Touch my skin to keep me whole. Yeah, this song is a pretty. I think this is like one of the best. I think it's not a good opener traditionally, like a traditional kind of what we think of as an opener. But for this album? It is, for this album, it is exactly what you're getting for this album. Like, slow burn, slow burn. Takes a minute, takes a minute, and then when it fucking kicks in, it's like, oh! It's great. I pro- oh, so good, so good! <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Let's let's let's, let's talk. Okay, okay. Sorry, hold on, hold on. One second. Uh. Okay, go ahead. You there? Hold on. Sorry, sorry. My fault. My fault. I turned on the wrong one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, okay. What did you just say? Oh, I listened to this album so much and did so little note taking, and it's really cliche, but it's just like one of those things where I feel like how, like, how do you put words to this stuff? Uh-huh. Uh, which I ended up doing, but man, and then like researching it, I was just like the first two songs, Mojo Pin. And the title track, mm-hmm. uh, credit to Gary Lucas, it all comes to be back to beef. Back to Beefheart, huh? He was a guitar player for Beefheart, and he oh right, helped, he helped pin or he helped write these these first two tracks. Did he now? Just, yeah, and it's just like one of those one of those things where I'm like, man, they could have been like this crazy like alternate music like Lennon and McCarthy because I just think they bring out 
the best in each other mm-hmm. because like the rest of the album's very good, but I think there's this something about, about these two what, tracks. Yeah. They're really, yes. they're really good. And honestly, the first, uh, Jeff Buckley song I ever heard was the title track and it was uh, a next girlfriend of mine who let's just say I didn't like her taste in music. I fucking, we did not resonate. She actually called back to one of our first or one of our earliest Skype episodes. She's the girl that I fought with over craft work. <laughs> like back episode 40, I think that it was craft work. Um, same one. So clearly we didn't get along, but she put it on. And I was like, Oh, uh Oh, uh Oh, who's this beautiful, so beautiful, beautiful voice. By the way, like his voice is just like the best in the world or something. I know it's, it's so crazy to have like those guitar arrangements and that voice. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, this album is like what Radiohead's first two albums should have sounded like. I'll let you know when I hear them. <laughs> you will one day, but one day. Um, I, I thought that. And then I found out that they actually were, had like writer's block when they wrote the bends mm. and they didn't finish it until after they went to a Jeff Buckley concert. Oh, like after they went to a Buckley concert. It was like, oh, the universe makes sense now. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. Like I knew they like drew from this somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Like we, we could do like a whole hour on his voice. Like just like angelic is not enough to describe it. No, it's no, perfect. No. His his technique is perfect. Everything about what he does is per- it's not it's not just he has a cool sounding voice. He sings like a black girl. He has like everything about him is the most pleasing sonic thing I think I've I've heard in voices in I mean he's like one of my my top 5 favorite male voices of all time. So it's like there's nothing Speaking. I can say about it. Speaking of black women before we get too far away, that's what Mojo Pin is about. It's uh, about him dating a black woman and also doing heroin. So there's a lot of like double entendres in the song. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I didn't know Black Beauty is slang for speed. So, wait, why do you know why? I, I, I don't <laughs> fucking know. I just, Alrighty. I was just reading about this song. I was like, what? We the get fuck? it, Alex. Those- you don't do speed. Okay. I don't do speed. Um, yeah, so this like, man, what a what a crazy, I don't know, what a crazy comparison. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, so man, what is there? How do we even dissect a thing? I don't think it's a perfect album, but I think for what it is, it's pretty advanced and pretty wonderful. For lack yes. of a better adjective. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, track I by track, you you say you talk. I don't even know where to start, really. Yeah, I will also say, like, if you're like us and you love this album, like, look up some of, like, the live shit, because as beautiful as this is, there's there's something different about the way he performs them live. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's the same, but it's it's different. And I think that also speaks to him as an artist that he's able to, like, capture the essence of these songs, mm-hmm. but give you a little more live and it's just yeah because really the production on this thing is is what's really good but there is it's deep it's like it's super man like if you listen like if you just try to avoid listening to his voice in the the main hooks you hear like 
a thousand vocal overdubs in the background, like very minimal and kind of subtle orchestral arrangements. It's just kind of jump in for like a, you know, a bar and then it, it leaves. It's never, it's never any, anything kind of a uh, bombastic or like dramatic. It's never anything like that. It's just always, it kind of creeps in and then it leaves. And it does that a million times per song with a million different things. So I can only imagine live. It's, it's without that, it's just a, an entirely different song. Yeah. Also to, to talk some more shit. I think this is like what, like what Elliot Smith wants. I think he he has some good albums, but he's not like, I mean, listen, we talk about Elliot Smith. Okay. I liked the first few albums. We did a whole whole podcast, but he's first of all, he can't sing. (laughs) Smith can't fucking sing. You just, you can't put him in the same category. But if he, I also think those are different songs. Like, that's more folky, I think. It's more on the folksy side. This, there, I do cool. see some elements of it, like where there, it has like a lot of that '90s-ness, especially in in songs like, uh, where is it, uh, Eternal Life? I think it has, it has like some '90s-ness to it for sure. Oh yeah, that's like, it's kind of out of place, but it's it's also so good that it's like <laughs> it works. I'd like to live in a world where maybe Jeff Buckley like dabbles his toes and screaming. Cause I could imagine oh, yeah. that being like a, like a sound garden song. Honestly, dude. Uh, I, Cause he doesn't scream. He, he does. Oh, he never screams. He never screams, but he does this. Yeah! Like he does this super whaley head voice type thing. That's it's not like, um, it's kind of like a Cedric Cedric from, from the Mars Volta, but like in a way, that's, I don't know. There's way more vibrato. That's the only way I can explain it. It's like Cedric, but way more, way more vibrato. And he only goes there when it gets super loud. Um, mm-hmm. He's got like a crazy range. Um, uh, but never also, screams. Mm-hmm. Also, I usually like trash people for going hard on cover songs. But like, if I didn't look it up, I outside of Hallelujah, I wouldn't have known there were cover songs on here. Which ones are covers? Um, Lilac Wine okay. is originally by James Shelton, but Wait, Buckley no. felt like the Nina Simone version is the the definitive version, and you can you can hear it in the way he sings it that he's like channeling Nina Simone. He sings like a black There's girl. Some similarities. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is Nina Simone yeah. black? <laughs> and then um, I have no idea if she's black or not. <laughs> she is. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then yeah hallelujah that's crazy because it's it's like up there with the cohen version i think it's like regarded as highly as you know the cohen version i think his cover of hallelujah is one of the greatest covers ever made it's it's in the camp of like you know satisfaction by devo for me which i for some reason i put in the same camp but (laughs) uh i like it more than the cohen version and it's not that i don't like the cohen version it's just this one it's longer he adds a whole section in there uh, he adds his own lyrics to it, I believe. Um, and his voice is a lot better than Leonard Cohen's voice. I mean, it's just, that's just, it's, maybe it's someone, can, maybe someone can like the tone of Leonard Cohen's voice. I'll fine, but <laughs> technique wise, they're two different <laughs> animals. Just a man's and opinion. The, and also fact. <clears throat> yeah. The last cover is a uh, court. Corpus Christi Carol. Oh, Corpus uh, Christi by, Carol. Yeah. Yeah. By someone named Benjamin Burton. And you know what uh, year? Bugley's Frank, 
uh, Buckley's friend showed him that song in high school, and he just really liked it. And he's like, "This, this, my way of saying thank you for introducing me to the song is now you have a recorded." Interesting. Wait, wait. Do you know what? Uh, that's. Do you know what year that was written? I have no. It might even be like a traditional because yeah. that song's like full on Ren Fair. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a modernized medieval hymn or Renaissance hymn, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's always because he's his vocal styles is so in the camp of R&B and uh, bluesy and he, like it sounds like he was influenced by not one white person ever honestly <laughs> like just the way except, uh, <clears throat> except Robert Plant who, who stole not. it from every other black person <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he's already yeah and yeah. Then, <laughs> yeah it was uh, it's kind of cool that like well it sucks he didn't get recognition but he did get recognition by Robert Plant and Jimmy Page right, yeah. so like so that's pretty cool that he got the acknowledgement from his from his heroes. Right. And it did sell really well in like Europe and Australia. So that's usually um, where, where it happens. Like yeah, good, good music America does better does. in not the States. Yeah. Yeah. America just sucks sometimes. Mm. Most of the time. Um, another beautiful track. Dream brother. Oof. Dude. I don't know how I slept on that one for so long. Because I've, I've, I've heard this album for a long time. But yeah. That one. And also, I'm really mad that that didn't end the album. That should have ended the fucking album. It did originally. Did it. Okay. Okay. Then there's some sort of uh, sense in the world for me. Yeah. Because now it ends with Forget Her. And yeah. Buckley felt like that song was just too simple. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm better than this song. It's got to end with Dream Brother, which is totally the correct call. Yep. But after his death, I think the label was just like, people want more. That's but Does it make it good? I don't know why they couldn't tack on <clears throat> or get her to the like yeah. posthumous album. Yeah, they should have. Um, not that I forget her is a bad song. It's decent, but it's like spectacularly weak compared to dream brother. It's yes. also like yes. a tad to R and B from my taste. Like it's super in the R and B territory. No, I think it's not, it's not that simple music is bad or that that's a bad song. It's this like dream brother is just, uh, so like, so beautiful and kind of like, tie i feel like it kind of ties it back with like mojo pin in the mm-hmm. beginning so mm-hmm. uh as george lucas says it it's like poetry it rhymes yep and we all know the great poet george lucas uh so speaking of george lucas uh-huh so real that would be the perfect perfect so baby making music so it's been stuck in my head all day <laughs> But so there's good. like that noisy, there's a noisy section in the middle. So oh, yeah. someone like wants to George Lucas it so more women can get pregnant to that song. I it, would be doesn't okay it, with. Doesn't it also end with that crazy noisy section as well? I don't think it does. I think it's just the, the like little noisy bridge. Maybe blending songs then. Uh, yeah, that one. It's like, oh, so, so nah, the, yeah. the, the main verse to So Real is a good example of how... I think super unorthodox. A lot of these melodies melodies are, it's like it's his voice is what makes it seem accessible in like pop and R and B ish or whatever. But the actual melodies themselves are pretty weird. They're a little, they're kind of 
not creepy. Nothing's really creepy. It's just kind of like, huh? It's like a little bit melancholy. Um, like yeah, the, so the chorus to surreal is is like a straight hook. Like you can you that'll get stuck in it. But that verse is really weird. It's a little it's a little odd. Actually, I should put that on because uh yeah, give them a taste. I forgot to do that. Oh boy, I got used to you doing the music thing again, so I fucking forgot. I, yeah, we're gonna be all all sorts of yeah. Here we go. Out of sync. Sometimes it's so interesting too how like his riffs. You're like, am I gonna get like a blues song? Mm-hmm. What she like dabbles in, but it's never like never. Of, you, you can't really call what he's gonna play. Uh, like this, oh, this, this is this is weird. This this yeah. is not a progression I was expecting to hear when I first heard it. And then, yeah. Oh, that was so real. Oh, man. Goddamn. For two guys who don't get, who are probably never going to get married. Like <laughs> How dare you, Sakashi? <laughs> I, w- I would play this at my fictional wedding. That's never, never going to happen. Don't say that. Someone will love you, Alex. <laughs> Someone will love me, too. Oh, that's a good fucking song. Uh, dude, so real, so beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It's- um, I I feel like I've I've talked about uh the Radiohead song "Street Spirit" before. I can't remember on what episode, but mm-hmm. also finding out that they finished the album after watching Jeff Buckley, mm-hmm. I'm like, there's n- the like, there's no way they didn't write that song "Street Spirit." Like, mm-hmm. that's has to be a hundred percent influenced by buckley like uh-huh yeah uh i again i haven't heard it but i'm gonna send it to you after this i'm gonna make that comparison and i'll let you know as soon as i hear i don't know uh i wouldn't be surprised though honestly um what else what else what else okay i mean yeah every every song is pretty much pretty much like even ones that i don't skip yeah, that I, that I thought I wouldn't no. care about so much, like Last Goodbye. I didn't. I don't remember loving that one so much, but it's just, it's still lovely, still works, and that's the thing about this, this whole album as a as a as a you know a, a album. Uh, if you're going in, I think because I think when I first heard it, I went in hoping for more of the title track, and there's not that. It's just that song and you know Eternal Life that are like the rockers, quote unquote, quote unquote. Uh, this is a m- fucking slow album. This is a mellow, fucking slow, quiet, chilling kind of. It's not. It's not a rock record at all. It's not a. You got to go it's in so- knowing that. I think. I think it would help to go in knowing how mellow it is. It's so interesting too, because it's like this punk rock guy on the cover, and like if people are like me and you just like you know. Uh, when magazines were still a thing, if you're an old man like me, and you know you this pageant through like your spins and Rolling Stones, and this album is always on like you know albums you have to hear before you die mm-hmm. or you know all these lists. So it's like I always saw it, but for some reason this didn't make an effort to listen to it. So uh-huh. it's I think I think it's 
yeah, also one of those things when it's just like you see this album cover all the time, and mm-hmm. it's I've I've said this before, like there's no way it can live up to the hype. So I think that's part of why it took so long. But yeah, to me, it's 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 one of the one of the albums that you know deserves every bit of praise that it gets. Yeah, yeah, you know, like as much as I still think <clears throat> that he could have done better uh and that he would have done better uh it's still real good and you still should listen to it and still i mean it still holds up really well in terms of like the only thing that like i said the only thing that kind of sounds dated is eternal life where it has like it's like you know just the rock song with heavy acoustic guitars like that's just like oh okay that's that's total sign of the 90s and even the title track has some of that but like the song grace the the amount okay, there's so many different kinds of melodies in that song. Like you mm-hmm. think from that main hook that it's this poppy rock song. <laughs> Fuck no, it, it, no. it goes, it just does this. It's just so many weird and really, yeah. Melancholy is the only thing, only way to put it. Cause it's not, it's kind of dark, but it's not like mm-hmm. edgy dark. It's not, it's kind of sad, but it's not like you want to cry sad. It's always that, that in that vein of like, Oh, this is kind of off, but I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, I think that's um, that's the Gary Lucas effect on that song, and I didn't listen to it, and I'm assuming it's like demos and early stuff, but there is an album where it's Gary Lucas and Buckley. Right, right. I saw that. I did not hear it though. Yeah, after finding out, you know, what an impact he had on Buckley's music, I'm definitely gonna give that a listen. Mm. Uh, So... If he had more albums, I bet this would probably get a personal favorite or a best, but there's yes. one more we're going to discuss. So let's move on. Everyone listen to this one. Everyone listen to it. Uh, so now he, okay, so he dies. Let's talk about that because this is chron- chronologically anyway. <clears throat> yeah, super weird. So, um, yeah, so he was like touring like a motherfucker in Australia a lot because it, it sold well. You go where the mm-hmm. people buy your stuff. Um and then he started working on this follow the follow-up album in 96 um he would work with patty smith on her album gone again and the producer of this album is the lead singer of television tom verlaine i believe Mm -hmm. um but yeah and then they were working on it and it just never like got to where buckley was satisfied with it uh, he relocated to Mississippi to start working on it. And in May of 97, he decided to go swimming fully dressed into the Wolf River Harbor, which is part of the Mississippi River. Uh, it was there with uh, roadie Keith Foy, Fody. Mm-hmm. And um, a boat was coming by. And so I believe they had like a radio and a guitar that like the wake from the boat would have. So he went to move it mm-hmm. and then he turned around and he noticed Buckley was missing. And so notified authorities and he showed up, you know, dead. Um, mm-hmm. It was like a few days later, right? Yeah. They, people don't think it was a suicide. No, they, from what I, I read a few things, uh, like the, the coroner's report said there was no alcohol or drugs in his no system. Drug, yeah. yeah. And, uh, by this all accounts, purely, it's, like 
Go ahead. Yeah, purely freak accident. It seems like a super crazy accident. Uh, I think it was. Oh crap! Was it his manager? Oh man, or was it? Shit! It might have been the roadie. No, 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 no. The because the guy, the guy was in Australia or in Ireland at the at the time. Crap! I'm gonna just double check uh, so I don't miss. But anyway, I'll give it the name in a second. This guy, uh, he when he found out, you know, he, he was bit, he was like years later. He's talking about the whole experience with it, and. Yeah, it was his manager. His name is. Ba, 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 ba. Come on, how hard is it? Dave Laurie? Dave Laurie. That, and he was started with an L. Um, yeah, he said like the the weeks before he was acting kind of weird. He was doing things that were uncharacteristic. Like uh, he says, uh, trying to buy. He was trying to buy a house that wasn't for, wasn't for sale. Trying to buy a car that wasn't for sale. He proposed to his girlfriend at the time, and he, he apparently applied for a job to be a butterfly keeper at the Memphis Zoo. Like weird, random stuff that wasn't characteristic that wasn't characteristic from, and he says he attributed to him kind of like being tired of touring, just kind of wanting to stop for a minute. So it's like not necessarily not not it's not like related to the death, but it was just like that's what happened leading up it's, to it. Yeah, it's not necessarily self destructive behavior. No. I also read there was he kind of had a yearning to play shows where there weren't any expectations from him. So mm-hmm. he would book like cafes and venues under, under random names. Mm-hmm. So he could perform in front of people who didn't know they weren't there to see him. Right. And, uh, much, much like how you, uh, like to go and grind it out on these open mics. I think he had a, a very similar, mindset where he wanted that uh, that feedback you get from performing in front of strangers yeah it's something very honest i mean it's it's the most honest it's brutally honest really mm-hmm. uh actually but yeah uh, one more thing about the, his manager that he he said that like years later he went to a psychic and it's like i mean you can take whatever you want from psychics uh i think there's, there's a little bit of truth in everything but he was like she was saying things that only he would know. And then later on, I was like, I don't know what this means, but they're saying, uh, didn't mean for it to happen. And it's not your fault. <laughs> it's like, Oh, Oh, okay. All right. So if this strange psychic lady is correct, then it was an accident. You hear that everybody? Yeah. I'm excited. I mean, yeah, this walking into the Mississippi river fully clothed. It's super uh, is, weird. It's yeah. weird behavior. And I don't know anything about it if you know if that was even like an appropriate area that was designated for swimming because mm-hmm. i'm sure there are areas where it's like yo you aren't supposed to swim in there because of shit like this yeah yeah so oh, yeah very very odd behavior um so yeah and then this is this mostly unfinished i i I see it. I I hear these songs and they this don't. Okay, so we didn't start it yet. Let's 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 move oh, on. Sorry, my bad. It, no, no, I just I didn't, I didn't introduce it yet. This is actually uh shit. What is it called? Sketches, <laughs> sketches from sketches for my sweetheart the drunk. This album was going to be called My Sweetheart the Drunk. Sketches for my sweetheart the drunk. Nineteen ninety eight. Here we go. Circle around the park 
No, no. <clears throat> I don't. <clears throat> I, don't, I like some of the chord changes Actually I like a lot of the chord changes in this song But overall I think this is a song That tries to be a lot more Than what it is it's, I think Go ahead It's one of those things where it's like There's technically nothing wrong with it yeah. But Like he's better than this though. Uh 100% 100% it's also kind of, it's not like super long, but it's it's long for these riffs, and it tries to go really big at the end, but it, I don't know, something just doesn't land. Okay, before we keep yeah, talking um, shit, let's just, let's, uh, let's lower it. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, this sounds more like a traditional 90s album, and I can see why he wanted to keep working on it and why he was not. Mm-hmm. Um, content with it, and even some of the songs that I like, I I feel like I like them because I can I can picture, which sounds stupid because I can't, but like I can kind of like envision how it was supposed it's to be. Exactly the same for me. That's exactly how I felt about a lot of this. Like. I see what was supposed to be. I hear it in my like. I could I could imagine a full thing mm-hmm. the way just kind of cross referencing it with the grace. Uh, but I mean, there's a lot. There's still a lot of songs like beginning to end that I think are great. Like surprisingly, uh, everybody here wants you. It's a fucking boys to men fuck song, and I'm into it, dude. Yeah. I think it works. Interesting. I'm gonna give that a re-list. And also, this is a pretty like lengthy album. Very lengthy. Um. And yeah, I didn't know to what extent we were going to cover it. So like, uh, if it wasn't good, I just, I just kind of moved on, skipped over it. Yeah. Didn't go into detail about what I didn't like. Um, but yeah, also I, I don't know what his relationship was like with Gary Lucas. Cause I know Gary Lucas had other projects, um, going on, but I'm this like, I'm like, you guys need to like, like, that's the band to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think Lucas's presence, even if it was on one or two songs, is is sorely missed on this as well. Yeah, because <clears throat> none of these sound like they would have fit in on Grace. They sound com- like he was definitely not writing the same song twice, which is, I like that. Even if I don't like everything that comes out of it, like opened once and then like yard of blonde girls it's like it's it's a tattoo college rock if you, if you ask yeah me, yeah those are pretty forgettable and then i mean there's like there's there's so many fucking songs that uh you could hear like okay he probably wasn't gonna put this one on the next record i would mm-hmm. wager just because you hear stuff like witches rave and fucking nightmares by the sea and they're like oh this is the shit this is amazing it's like ugly yeah, and that's... really creepy and just I don't know. Specific specifically Nightmares by the Sea. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you can tell mm-hmm. you can tell he was listening to a lot of uh Susie and the Banshees. Yep. Gothy, um, scary. Yeah. I don't know if he was friends with uh Elizabeth Fraser. Oh, from, he was he was banging her. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you know, that you know probably had an effect on some of this mm-hmm. stuff like um New Year's prayer. Yeah. I'm like that's great. Really Love that song. Cool. But to me, I'm like, that's a jam session. It it's could have percussive. Been like, yeah. 
it could have been elevated, turned into like a more fully formed thing, but it's still Big, as far know. as far as jam session goes. Jam sessions go. That's like an oddly morbid and dark jam session. That's what I like. That's what I like about it. It's super percussive, but it's also kind of scary. Uh, which I don't. Yeah, I don't hear that often. For uh, stoner metal fans, it's a it's an ohm song. Uh, I, I'm not going to do uh, my Alice's Narrows impression. It's too it's too late for that. I'm not going to scream. Uh, yeah. Um, and then I think like Vancouver isn't bad. Yeah. It's it's good. It's better than like the other songs you okay, mentioned. Okay, so what I wrote was a lot of these are either decent or almost great, and I put like uh, like Morning Theft of Vancouver leave me wanting more, even though I see signs of of greatness in there. Except on, mm-hmm. I listened to the Vancouver again. It's pretty good on second listen. I think I think like some of these right. you can still kind of unpack a lot of these, even though they they are like demos uh, for the most part. Good sounding demos. They at least on the first disc. Yes. That's- yeah, it doesn't sound like you know, like some black metal bands that we've done. It it doesn't. It's it technically it's a four track for a lot of them, but he had some some means and some good equipment, so it doesn't sound I, like a garage recording. Yeah, um, I think you and I is very like haunting. Love it. Uh, I almost wonder if that was intended to have instruments on it, and if that was kind of like a happy accident that it wasn't finish mm-hmm. i'm just speculating right because who knows um i think haven't heard you is really interesting mm-hmm. like it reminds me of like like early afi mixed with like the blues it, remi- it almost has like a helmet kind of feel because the very obvious uh, drop d tuning uh it's mm-hmm. like it's like kind of heavy it's kind of heavy it's not heavy but it's like it's in the realm no, of him like, trying to be heavy. Like I said, I was getting like AFI, like Epic Drive-In mm-hmm. vibes uh, from it. And then a song I wish that was expanded on. Well, before we go to that, haven't you heard? Oh, uh, one thing I really like about that uh, is it's like one of the... Because with Grace, it's like so immaculate, especially his singing is so fucking perfect. That song, you can actually hear some of the imperfections in his voice, and it's pretty charming. Like... Yeah. Everyone sucks sometimes. No matter how good you are, you have days where you're it's just you you're fatigued or something and you just it just doesn't sound as good. And for a guy like him, that's like welcome. Like, yes, yeah, sound worse. You still sound awesome. I want to yeah. hear you sound worse. But go on, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was gonna say a, a song I wish was like expanded and and maybe like developed into a full song. Um because it doesn't sound finished to me, but I like a lot of what's going on in back in NYC. Oh yeah, I agree. I like. There's it. Some, I dig. It's weird. It's wild. Yeah, there's some <laughs> crazy shit on there, but I'm like, there is something missing. There is something missing there. It's just like it's it's bad. What what could have been? So the second disc of this uh, this album, whatever, uh, it's way more demoy. It's way more. It's like there's no drums or anything. It's like clearly him, you know, with a four track doing all of it himself, and uh there's it's way more song fra- they're not like they're fully written they're not exactly fragmented songs they're not fragments but uh you could tell there's a lot more that needed to be done back in nyc man it's a it's messy and it's gross but man those progressions are so fascinating like i i was that's like it makes me so sad like, hearing these songs specifically because of how uh inventive the writing is like so it's just really interesting i've not heard songs like these before it's like uh it's like clean beef heart 
that song. It is uh, Beefheart you could follow, pretty much. Yes. And I love me some yes. Beefheart. And I can follow Beefheart, but it's not always easy. Um, sometimes it's damn near impossible. But uh, <laughs> it's like the songs themselves are, are actually, they're actually weird. Like, whereas Grace was still very pretty, very still accessible in that in that sense and and still kind of on on the on the side of pop these like they were just weird songs and and like i go ahead. i guess it's uh going back on what you said how grace is so immaculate it's it's also sort of humbling like okay he was human like yeah for sure and speaking of that uh the only song i think that i've heard maybe the only song that exists that where he his voice actually sounds bad is i know we could be so happy baby i think he sounds awful interesting i'm gonna put yeah, it on i'm gonna put it on just just to just to see if yeah. i'm crazy because i thought compared to everything else uh so where is it here we go Of course, these songs are not short, and I did not timestamp it. I also don't care for the song too much. Of course, he sounds great right there. I swear to God, he gets yeah, worse. Yeah. <laughs> He's actually off key later on. I swear to God. <laughs> okay, before I make myself look any worse, I'm just going to lower it. Uh, I swear to God, he gets worse later on. But, but yeah, that just sounds like a fucking... Like Black Keys song, there's nothing. The song itself is actually yeah, not great. I'm not not too too hot in that one. Um, but uh, one where I think all the even even with the bad production and the lack of band, Demon John I think works pretty well. It's fucking crazy. It's it's weird how the like this this too is feels more interesting. There are mm-hmm. some repeats from like disc one mm-hmm. like alternate versions yeah. but yeah i think i think this too is just way more interesting 100 percent. it's it's wild and it man because like hearing the first disc i was like okay all right this is this is fine this just sounds like standard you know b b sides out and outtakes mm-hmm. and then when disc two came on that's when i got fucking sad i was like oh yeah this was this this is oh this is what we lost when when he died jesus mm-hmm. fucking christ oh that's bummer dude yeah this uh fucking it's so weird because like i i don't know how old i was when this happened but it's like i remember hearing about like Cobain dying, even mm-hmm. though I wasn't listening to that shit yet. Yeah, but it's like I didn't hear anything about like Jeff Buckley. He almost feels like a relic, and even though I was alive, yeah. while this was going on. Uh, he, well, he didn't make the same splash that Cobain did for sure. Nobody uh, should have. He should have, honestly. 
honestly, yeah, I think he should have. I mean, I love Nirvana, but like, this is different. This is a no. This is like a a game changer for sure. I yeah. think of it, especially in '94. Like, I don't yeah. even know what to compare it to in the '90s. No. I, I know that it feels '90s in a way. Like I, I, I get how it could exist in the '90s, but I can't think of a of a single example that sounds similar to it. Uh, Same. Which I mean, that's that's the good thing. That's that's the whole that's mm-hmm. the reason why we're talking about them right now. It's fucking it's great. Yeah, left a uh, left uh, an imprint. Sure did. Jesus Christ. Well, I'm sad now, and now we have to end the episode because we have nothing else to talk about because he has no more fucking albums. Uh, well, there's more. There's like more demos and like I mean, this is like the main the main posthumous album though like this is like the one uh everything also, else is like hmm? also we don't have a lot of hour-long episodes anymore so <laughs> we don't we don't we have damn near none most the past like three have been two plus like yeah Jesus so, Christ, man yeah i think this is good i don't want to call it a palate cleanser but no but it's good to to kind of get more short ones in there uh we were supposed to have a buddy of ours on this one but uh First, first there was oh, scheduling I, conflict, and then then this happened where we had to do the the Skype thing. I will say, uh, yeah, for, uh, our friend Hillary was supposed to join us. Um, she's she did say a few things. I got a few quotes from her, mm-hmm. but my notes got corrupted. It's a whole thing. Oh, she, she feels like there are still artists who are like chasing his sound, uh-huh. and they just can't like they can't do it. And uh, yeah, Dream Brother is like by far her favorite I'm, favorite track. I'm glad to hear that because when I was re-listening to this, because uh, I haven't listened to the, the, to Grace in its entirety in a while, uh, and when that came out, I was like, yeah, this is like the best song on the album. Like I didn't realize that I loved it that much. It just just kind of snuck up on me there. Uh, yeah, Jeff, man, this this fucking guy, man. Like I wasn't expecting so late in my life to discover like a voice that would really like inspire me like i have to i'm chasing to be that good not to sound like him but to be that proficient one day to yeah to um yeah like excel or perform at that exactly exactly uh it's like him chris cornell mike Patton. uh i'm sure there's more that i can't think of the top but like the three top of like just peak technical ability and unique sounding voices like Oh, you keep that with those like the greatest. Those are the fucking greatest. You don't want to be a uh, a Devin Townsend. Devin Townsend. There's no T. In, no, Devin Townsend. You know what? Throw him on there. Actually, I'm not even kidding. That he should okay, be. Okay. If I'm gonna do a top five, he's for sure in there. I've actually speaking of Devin Townsend recently, like within the past week, I've been watching just tons of videos of him and of people uh, analyzing his voice. Like I'm obsessed with Devin Townsend's voice. He's Dude. Fucking unbelievable. Stopping in that episode uh, 30 it's, something. I don't know. 40, 46, 42, whatever. We do shopping in lab. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird how we were friends, but like, I feel like we've shared way more music with each other starting this podcast. Oh, than, yeah. 100%. Also, there's like a responsibility to do it where maybe before if I was like, hey, check out Strapping Young Lad, he might, you might get around. I might get it, around right? to it. Yeah. Most likely. Yeah, if now, you, now I have yeah, to. Now you're forced to deal with it. Dude, Strapping Young Lad was a fucking game changer, man. Like, and Devin Townsend in general as a human being, as a fucking musician, is a game changer. That guy is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, he's a talent. 
Indeed. And also he's, this episode's not just about Devin Townsend, not even about Jeff Buckley anymore. Because uh, also he's one of the most interesting music personalities, period. Like, if you watch, watch it. He, when I found out he did a country album, I went and listened to it and it's real fucking good. I didn't know he did a country album. I have to listen to that. <laughs> Holy shit. Let me send that to you right now. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like he's, he's hilarious. Like he's legit funny. He does like, like it, there's something about his confidence and presence on the stage, like the faces he makes, like this dude is just at home in front of a crowd. It's just, it's inspiring. Well, we're talking about friends to the podcast. He reminds me of a like hideous Hawk, our friend Hawk. He, that's right. Hawk does do a lot of, (laughs) a lot of good faces, better looking guy than Devin Townsend. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Start talking about Jeff Buckley and with Devin. <laughs> That's the way it should be. We're going to end every podcast talking about strapping a lad, Devin Townsend. Uh, but okay. The main takeaway for everyone listening and watching is just listen to it. It's, it's, a, it's a short discography. It will take no time and your life will be better for it. And if you're like me, you'll be inspired and you'll start trying to sing every day. And that's just what happens. Uh, but every, yeah, listen to Jeff Buckley. There's no recap because there's nothing to, to say other than that. It's, it's like, great, good. yeah, grace. And like, if you're not hooked by that, do you even like music? Do you even like music? Do you even like, I do get, if you're going and expecting something a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more, uh, kind of cathartic, it's not that cathartic, honestly. It's like, like I said, it's a slow burn. You have to really pay attention and it's really mellow and it's really slow, uh, and I, quiet, but it's I like, purchased a, I purchased a live DVD uh, I can't wait to get in the mail and, uh, and dig into that nice. and watch that. God damn it. Uh, but anyway, I guess let's wrap it up. Anyway, now that we've made, have we, did we do an hour? Yes, we did. we made it to an hour. Yes, Holy shit. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. If you want to help us out, please subscribe on youtube.com slash every album ever leave comments, you know, thumbs up, thumbs up like that. Uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, please leave us a five-star rating, leave a review. If you have time, Please make time. We love you. Please love us back. We need it. Uh, Instagram at Pope Jesse Ventura for me and at Mother Puncture. Uh, you know, updates on the show. I post clips, clips of uh, Twitch stuff, uh, music clips. I post myself playing various instruments. Everything's short. Everything's digestible. I think it's fun. I think it's very interesting. The clips are actually pretty funny. Please check them out. Um, and playlist it's just the album just fucking listen to the album there's gonna be a playlist but just listen to the fucking album uh as well as every other playlist for every other episode every album ever.com merch uh links are all on the website as well as the description you know uh patreon fuck man there's so many i gotta write these down patreon.com slash every album ever bonus episodes early access to certain episodes uh you you get to see what episodes we're covering in advance you fucking 20 percent off all merch Jumping the line. If you want to suggest an artist, every album ever at gmail.com, whatever. Okay. <sighs> I feel like I'm running out of blood in my face. Jesus Christ. But yeah, this is fun. This is fun stuff. Uh, what are we doing? What are we listening to? What are we, we going to close it out with? I, I feel like, you know, I, I had last week deserve to pick this week. Oh, shit. All right. All right. If you're going to be so kind. In that case, I am. Oh shit! I mean, oh, there's no, there's no choice. I mean, we've, we've talked about it way too much. We got to do Dream Brother. 
the perfect closer gotta be to anything oh yeah including the podcast so thank you so much for listening everybody see ya Of the lips of the night.